everybody, and welcome to the Makers of Minnesota podcast, where we talk to cool people doing cool things. And today I'm talking to Alyssa Montbriant, and she is the owner of Pacifier Kids. And you may have run into Pacifier. They have three locations in the Twin Cities, and they specialize in uh, baby wear. Zero to six, I think, is your sweet spot, right, Alyssa? Yep, that is correct. I have had fantastic gifts that I have bought from your store. And I know you carry a lot of makers in Minnesota, as well as other brands. When you're in your space, I suppose you have to carry strollers and all kinds of things. I was curious when I was reading your background, because you came sort of from big business to small business and have a ton of experience in the digital space. So let us know your background just a little bit. Yeah, so I've always been interested in quite a few things. Um, So I actually had a triple major, finance, marketing, and entrepreneurial studies, and I used all of them. So I started out as a young person in finance doing investment banking, um, but for retailers. So kind of a common theme is retailers and um, kind of creating new capabilities throughout my career. So started out in finance, got my MBA at Carlson here, and then went to Best Buy. Um, When I was at Best Buy, I made the transition into strategy at Best Buy Mobile, which was a really fun time to be in mobile. Um, Then I did a little trip around the country. I went down to PetSmart and did strategy for them in Phoenix, went over to Boston, did strategy for the Staples over there, um, and then moved into digital marketing at that company, created their first content marketing team. Um, And then I'd been long distance from my husband for about four years. So met up with him down in Tampa at Blooming Brands, which owns Outback and some other restaurants, Um, led digital for them, created a whole bunch of um, websites. We created an app, worked on the loyalty program, um, and then ended up moving back to Minnesota. My older sister was having some health issues, as was my mom, which is also why my little sister moved back um, and worked for Radisson. So Radisson um, is a, or was a locally owned uh, hotel brand, um, yep. so did their digital um, marketing. And then after a while, one of my grand plans was always to run a small business because I've spent all of this time making PowerPoints for other businesses, telling them what to do. And at some point, you kind of have to put your money where your mouth is and say, have I been actually giving the right advice? Um, and like, could I actually grow if I followed my own advice right. grow a business? So found a business that I had been a longtime customer um, with, um, really good um, kind of relationship with the owner at the time, Wing Wing Watoon. Um, She founded the brand about 18 years ago. She was Um, so amazing too in her eye for what she bought and really how to style the store. Definitely. So it was a really good meeting, shared similar values. um, And she agreed to let me buy her business and take it on its next growth journey. So really really grateful for her for giving me that opportunity. So what was it about her store in particular? You know, you said you'd been a customer at this point, I'm assuming you had small kids. Actually, I do not have any children. Okay. So you were buying it for gifts and just like, yeah, just like me. So half of our customers are um, gift givers. And I would say half are um, the parents or grand, I mean, grandparents are gift givers as well, but they're quite involved usually. So I had been a customer of her original Northeast Minneapolis store. Um, It opened in 2004. I actually live a block from it right now. Um, And what I remember when I came in to the store is just how beautiful it was laid out. Um, They would give me just the amount of help that I needed because, again, I didn't have kiddos, so I wouldn't necessarily know what age, you know, what toys appropriate for what age. And then the beautiful gift boxing. 
So I actually remembered from way back, like they had a gold stapler that was in the shape of a dog. And like, for some reason, as a customer, that just stuck out, stuck out to me. And then when I became the business owner, we still had that. Um, unfortunately, it broke since and now I have gold hedgehog ones. So oh, that's cute. But you, you know, what's funny about that? I actually remember that stapler. Isn't that crazy? And I also remember that I would shop there because they made the gift, they gift wrap the package in a nice way. And I remember that was also one of the reasons why I shopped at a place called Creative Kid Stuff. Love and then it, yeah. And at some point they stopped doing all the wrapping and then they brought it back because their customers, like if you're buying a gift to go somewhere, that's going to make it look extra special is worth driving across town for me. Yep. I 100% agree. And like right now we're in the thick of uh, gift wrapping and boxing yes. season and it's so fun. Yeah. Oh, that's really smart. So you decided that that was the business. And what's interesting about that is if 50% of the customers are gifters, then you don't really have people that age out as it were, because you can always be recycling those customers. Exactly. Um, so, you know, once their kiddo, we do get comments all the time. People have six-year-olds and they're like, we wish you would go up older. Um, but There's it gets riches and niches, right? Exactly. So, and with a name like Pacifier, right? You can't, you can't go too old um, just because of what that, that name connotation is. So um, we have thought about doing pop-ups for a little bit older, but for right now, we're really happy with the zero to six. It's also like, if you're a expert in this digital space, you have the niche and it helps you in your SEO, helps you in your keyword searching. As you, like most small businesses don't really think about this piece of it until further down the line. What was most surprising to you when you were having to do it for yourself and not for a big business? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, So I was very lucky in that Wing, who I bought the business from, started the website really early. It was well-established. She figured out a workaround to do um, curbside, you know, curbside pickup before that was a thing. Um, But what I think was most surprising is, you know, you're talking about a team of one. Right. So I have myself who, you know, I'm doing a million things. I have one marketing person and then I brought on an agency. Right. So it's just you have to be really focused in terms of what is the biggest priority and what's going to give you the biggest bang for the buck. Um, And it's all about creating content. Right. So luckily, a lot of our team members are keen to help with content, but it's basically figuring out how do you take what makes people come into store Right. So we have great advice. We can put together curated bundles. Um, We talk with kind of a folksy, you know, quirky Minnesota voice. Like, how do you then take that and make that clearly apparent that it's pacifier online as well? So that's a lot of what we focus on kind of day in, day out to make us different than every other shop out there where you can buy the exact same thing at the exact same price. I'm going to just kind of confess a few things here coming up. Sure. So I am surprised that you hired an agency and then I'm like, not surprised. Cause I'm like, well, she worked with all these folks at these agencies. So she has a real confidence in them. I worked for, um, worked in the advertising space for a long time and I have sort of low confidence in agencies just generally as a, as a overall total blanket statement, because I feel like it's really hard as a small business to take that agency experience where they're used to working with bigger companies 
and like getting down to the micro level of A, what you can afford as a small business, but B, also them knowing your strategy. Some of these strategies are amazing, but if you don't have, you know, a hundred million dollars to execute them and a hundred people behind the scenes, it doesn't matter how great the strategy is. Did you find that there was a disconnect between finding the right agency for the level that you're at and what you needed? Yeah. So, um, so far we've tried two agencies and when we use agency, so we create all of our own content. So we're very specific about where we use the agency. So it's basically just our paid search keywords, right? Um, So they're not doing SEO. They're not doing our social, any of that. Um, So we create the content and they figure out the bidding strategy and all of that good stuff. So the first one I hired and I'm forgetting the name, it came as a recommendation from another small business Um, They were able to get us the first phase of online growth, but then it kind of stopped. Um, And they weren't really proactively giving us recommendations. They were more so just doing what they do for every other small business. Um, So then I reached back out to my network of uh, folks and said, you know, who else do you know that could be a good fit for what we're trying to do? So I'm actually partnering with a gentleman who used to be local, and now he basically goes around in house sits across the globe and um, is a single person um, agency, so to speak. So he just helps small businesses, takes on a certain number of them at a time, but he proactively brings ideas for us. Um, He is originally from Minnesota, so we do have that connection, but we've only met in person twice. Um, So he's like a digital nomad, as it were. Which I love, although he just bought a house in Maine, so... (laughs) <laughs> Maybe he'll stay put, but he's and Maine is very similar to Minnesota in terms of like the topography and yep, it's beautiful. Yeah. So, but yeah, okay, it's just so... finding the right partner for where you are in the journey. So he might not, you know, right now it's a good fit for where we are, but as we grow, we'll continue to assess. Well, I love that that you're not like locked in, that you're continually moving it forward based on what the needs are. When you talk about like digital, so we have keyword search, then we have SEO, then you have social, which is a whole completely different side of it. Do you feel like most small businesses do social well, or do you feel like they could use improvement? And what do you recommend to get them on their way if you were giving advice? Yeah, so I think, um, obviously, small businesses are very scrappy, and they try a lot of things. And that's what the power of small businesses. Um, I think the pitfall I see the most frequently with small businesses is, you know, we're lucky we've had a couple really, I'm, um, this is our second, you know, marketing person in the five years I've owned the business and they've both been amazing um, and are super talented. So it is on social and your other assets, keeping a consistent brand image, right? So a lot of small businesses don't have, you know, a key resource like that, that we are lucky to have. Um, due to having, you know, four stores and being a little bit bigger on the local side. Um, But basically, we take our own photography, right? So we're able to have a more cohesive image where you look at it and you're like, yep, that's pacifier. Versus a lot of other small businesses have to use a lot of the assets that in retail that their brands are providing, which is going to look very choppy. And it's, you know, it's going to show just the clothing or just this brand toys versus we try to bring it all together. So I would say, you know, as much as you can trying to, you know, take your own imagery and videos and making sure it's consistent. You know, there's a lot of different tools out there that help you do that now. Um, But that would be my number one recommendation. You give me the vibe of a serial entrepreneur. 
Do you anticipate <laughs> that you maybe will add other stores or that you'll look at other concepts? You know, I never say never. Um, I had this, I have this grand dream. So I am a pet person as well. And working at PetSmart, did some research. The average um, family gets their first pet when they have a kiddo that's five years old, right? So the two yeah. concepts go really well together. So, you know, I've had dreams of having a pacifier and then a cute little pet shop next to it with a similar, you know, vibe, but for your furry kiddos. Yep. Because um, I think they'd go super well together and had the opportunity to actually have a space for free if I wanted to try it during COVID, a space opened up. But, you know, just with dealing with COVID and staffing, we just didn't have the bandwidth. Um, I did launch a little pet um, holiday shop on our website. So, and it's an online only assortment. So now that we have a warehouse, um, I'm probably going to continue down that path and see what we can do there. Um, but the other thing I love to do and is my passion and is my retirement um, plan is I love teaching. Um, so I actually teach at the Carlson School and um, do the marketing strategy course there for seniors in the spring. Um, I don't do it during holiday season, just in the spring semester. So um, that's that's my biggest passion. So I always want to make sure I have time to do that. Does um, Carlson offer small businesses classes that they can take? Not that I have seen so far, but that's a really amazing idea. Yeah, considering that it's probably a virtual experience for lots of people, you record it, you pay X amount of dollars and you can download the course or a class or... I know they have modules, like they have a digital marketing module that I always get marketed. So I think they do, but I don't think it's specific to small businesses. I think it's just for professionals in general, but a specific small business one would be amazing. Yeah, I think so. Okay, Carlson, if you're listening, I'm all about it. Um, <laughs> when you are shopping, so you live in the Twin Cities now, are there stores or shops that you just think like, wow, these people are hitting it on all cylinders? Yes. Um, so Martin Patrick is going to be the one that most folks talk about. It's right across from our North Loop store, but I just go in there to get inspired. Like it is yeah. just so beautiful and they do such a good job. Um, in terms of women's clothing, Park is one yeah. that I really um, enjoy yeah. browsing. And then I'm forgetting the name, but there's a really cute pet shop in Linden Hills. Um, yeah, I think I've been there and I'm not thinking of the name oh, either. So like those are probably my top three. I am an online shopper um, for the most part being a digital person. But, you know, if I'm going to New York this weekend just to walk around and look at the window displays because it just inspires me. You know, I'd like to talk about that for just a second, because from a like personal value driven system, I want to be a local shopper yep. from a I need a black turtleneck. You know, I know some people and they'll like, oh, well, I went to Kohl's and I went to Penny's and then I went to Macy's. And in my mind, I'm just thinking, oh, my gosh, you went to three different stores to find the one thing. Nobody had the size. Nobody had the color. And you ended up, you know, having to find it online anyway. There's like this real disconnect for me. And I want to be better about not shopping online. But then unless you know, like your specific store or you're not looking for something specific and you're just browsing, which you do when you're traveling or you do when you're in a little neighborhoody. That's why I think like a North Loop, I think neighborhood shopping and Grand Avenue. And I think those main streets are so important, but yet then I end up buying stuff online. So I feel bad because I'm not supporting those main streets. 
if we think of like the store as almost like the um the warehouse the way you look at everything the way you see everything but then instead of someone going like oh yeah sorry we don't have your size they make that connection for you to order it from your website or wherever and they have it on a pad right there and it's going to come to your home the next day or whatever that experience disconnect is i would think people could capture more sales i just can't believe the amount of people that still literally shop from store to store looking for things that nobody has yeah and how we get around that as a local shop. So, and I shop Amazon as well, right? So I totally understand people aren't like, you have to do what's convenient, right? So it's our job as small businesses to make things convenient and make it unique. So um, for example, we have four locations and um, if we don't have something, it's a little more personal. It is, okay, well, let me check the other stores and see if someone else has that size. And we do transfers Monday, Wednesday, Friday. It's actually my 78 year old dad or excuse me, I could get in trouble, 76-year-old dad um, that (laughs) does the transfers amongst our stores. Um, He came out of retirement to help me and all of the ladies that work with me bring him treats. So it's it's kind of a win-win, but we make sure we get it to them, right? And then we, if they bought something else, we'll hold it, we'll put it all together, we'll gift box it. So, um, or we ship it, right? So um, we do have a very large, we've grown our online business, so we can easily get things to folks. If they want something one of our brands carries that we don't specifically stock, we can special order it, yep. right? And then we have this huge, you know, this list where we make sure we follow up. So if they're ordering something and it's on back order, we're going to call and give them updates. So it's all about going that extra step that the bigger businesses can't necessarily do. Um, and that's where small businesses can have a small advantage. I couldn't agree more because obviously like even the small thing of gift wrap. Yep. Big deal for me. So I love that you find a positive in what could potentially be a sea of negative, right? Yep. And the uniqueness of stores too. Like I don't think that small businesses talk enough about the unique way that they curate their items and the unique point of view and the unique eye that they have. Because that does make a store stand out too. So that's another unique benefit. Um, What has been just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe how hard this is moment. Hmm. Let's see here. Um, So obviously COVID has been, you know, challenging in that um, basically revenue dropped, you know, 80% and we still had to pay rent, right? And we still have to pay salaries. So Um, that was, that was a really, really hard time to kind of figure that out because retail has small margins. So if you miss two months of sales, right. And you still have to have the same costs, it's going to be challenging. Um, so that was a super hard moment. So Uh, what did you do? Oh, goodness. Um, we worked with our landlords and at least got some deferrals. We still had to pay it all. Um, from a team perspective, I switched all of my um, full-time team members to working on online. So we kept, you know, our full, you know, salaried team members and tried to find projects that we could work on that would benefit the business in the long term. And you probably um, had to train people, right? Because a lot um, of those folks probably didn't know. Yep, exactly. So, um, and then we were taking appointments for private in-store shopping, um, but also balancing COVID. You know, I. I had a team that I needed to keep safe, 
and they were out going to work and they could bring stuff back to their families. And they were, you know, very concerned and rightfully so. Um, So making sure that we as a team were making those decisions about how we wanted to keep the team safe so that they felt comfortable continuing to come to work. Um, But then it was always hard when you would get, you know, customers were supportive for the most part. Again, we were all trying to just wait and waddle our way through it and make the best decisions we could. Um, But we did get some negative reviews, right? Our bathrooms were closed for a while and we got a negative review about why don't you have bathrooms? You're serving pregnant people. And it's like, ah, right. We're doing it because, you know, he's recommending X. So when we were all just trying to do the best we could and, you know, couldn't, you can't make everyone happy, but it was, it was hard because again, we're just trying to keep everyone safe and we were all just doing the best we could. So we really thrive on positive word of mouth and getting those positive reviews because we work so hard for them. So it, it was hard to hear some of that. It's interesting. I think in all the interviews I've done, you know, people have talked about COVID, of course. Yeah. I don't think I recall someone specifically talking about the safety of their employees in a way that feels so personal. So it's hard. Yeah. I, I appreciate that you did that. And yeah, for a lot of the, we'll call them just the white collar workers, you know, it was like, oh, get to work from home. This is amazing at first. And then it got to be a little long in the tooth. And now I think we're sorting out the people that are never going to go back into an office and the people that can't wait to go back into an office. And I think, I mean, it's vastly different and the experiences throughout that were vastly different. And my, you know, my husband works from home. He did not enjoy it, but like there was not a day where I was not, you know, going out into the public. And for me, I prefer that. Um, I would go crazy sitting at home. So I liked, and some of my team members even stated just having that sense of normalcy kind of helped them through that period. Yeah. But, you know, y'all do what you can. Yeah, I continued to go to my radio job and it was just me and another gal. And we have conversations about, you know, did you go anywhere this week? Did you do anything? Do you feel unsafe? Let me know. Here's what we consider unsafe together. Like we really had to navigate for each other and our families. Like how how do we continue to do this in a way that works for us? And amongst, you know, your whole livelihood changing and everything else. Well, it's been super fun to talk to you. Is there... Anything that you thought I was going to ask you that I didn't? Hmm. I would say, um, so one thing I talk about quite often is, you know, people often talk about moving from corporate to small business and like what recommendations or advice would you give? And, you know, my advice is I strategically, you know, did did the corporate side of things because I wanted to learn skills that I could then apply to a um, small business setting. And I think that really has helped me. Um, the grass is not always greener. There's pros and cons to both. I like both, to be honest. Um, you just have to figure out, you know, what works best for you and what works best for your family. Um, and the other thing that I did that was a little bit unique that a lot of founders don't do is I actually bought an existing business um, versus started one up myself. And the specific reason I did that is one, I have a background in mergers and acquisitions. So I kind of knew the process and um, the SBA will always say, you know, 50% of small businesses fail within the first year and 90% fail within 10 years. So to me, it was a way of de-risking it. And there's a lot of great programs out there and small business loans and everything like that. So I would recommend if folks are thinking about starting their own business, that that is an avenue that they look into as well. 
What do you do for fun? Because you sound like such an overachiever. I'm like, when does she let go? <laughs> um, let's see. Travel is something I like to do, but obviously have been doing um, less. I really enjoy reading. Um, What's the last great book you read? Oh, I don't know, to be honest. It was before holiday season, so it's, <laughs> it's been a while. Um, and then teaching. So that's yeah. like I said, my passion, and I get a lot of energy back from learning from the students. If you could go anywhere tomorrow, places you've already been, where would you go? I'm going to say a place I haven't been. Um, I turned 40 a year and a half ago, and my grand plan when I turned 40 was to go to New Zealand. It's number one on my bucket list. Obviously, due to COVID, that has not happened. So maybe for number 42 or number 43. Yes. New Zealand is supposed to be amazing. And it's such a long trip that a lot of people take a while to get there. But for sure. Yeah. Well, I hope that you get there. It sounds like it's going to be amazing. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. It's Pacifier Kids. And is it pacifierkids.com? Yes, indeed. Absolutely. And then the four stores too. And your locations, if you name them all off for me, that'd be great. Yes, that is North Loop. Um, Adina at 50th in France, Wyzetta over by the Lake Shopping District and Highland Park. Yeah, the Highland Park store is real cute. I used to live right over there. Your neighbor, you're in a lot of neighborhoods too. That's so smart, like yeah, shopping neighborhoods, good. because that Highland Park neighborhood is becoming more shopping centric. It's spreading out a little bit. Definitely the Ford redevelopment. I'm really excited to see what happens there. Yeah, it should be great. So thanks for your time today. I appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. Have All a good right. Day. Happy holidays. Bye.